This is EdTech Now, a short podcast about education technology and how it's used in the classroom. EdTech Now is sponsored by StackUp, a Chrome browser extension that tracks reading online for teachers and students and delivers metrics to administrators. Our guest today is Alex Corbett, a seventh grade English teacher at MS331 in the Bronx, New York City, who last year was named to the International Literacy Association's 30 under 30 list. Hey, Alex, welcome back to the podcast. How's it going, Lee? Thank you for having me on your show. You're welcome. Yes, this is your second appearance, um, or I guess it's not really an appearance, whatever we call an audio recording. But anyway, (laughs) here we go. This is rather a large question, but I thought I'd start big. How do you seek out literature that your students can relate to? That's a really great question. And in my first few years of teaching, I feel like I was just trying to get books and literature in the classroom because my you know, as a new teacher in my classroom, bookshelves are pretty much empty. In my first three few years, it was just going to book drives and doing things like donors choose, raising money just to get literature in the classroom. But over the past few years, I've really switched my focus to not just getting books in the classroom, but getting books that A, my kids want to read, and B, books that are culturally relevant to my students' experience. One kind of strategy that I do to find the right books is first, I'll ask students what they want to read. And I think there is really something to be said about listening to kids. At the end of this past year, I interviewed my students and they gave me a lot of feedback on the type of books they want to be reading, more Black and Latino literature and YA stuff in particular. And then also, in addition to that, I'm also trying to go on websites like Amazon.com to get references um, to other books. And also, the American Library Association does a great job publishing books or showing, giving awards to books that have been great for the year. So asking, that certainly makes sense. What kind of answers are you getting? I always, I was under the impression, and I'm constantly learning, constantly tweaking my practice. I was under the impression that I, over the past couple of years, I've done a better job with including more Black and Latino poetry and short stories and books. But at the end of the school year, when I interviewed a bunch of my students, they mentioned that they want more. And that makes sense because I think what you learn needs to reflect your experience. So even if the vast majority of my curriculum we're Black and Latino literature, I think that would resonate more with my students. So I can throw out a few titles of books that I'm going to try and bring into my class this year. The first one being All American Boys by Jason Reynolds. It's a really good story about a white and a Black teenager who are kind of involved in a situation where the Black teenager gets assaulted by a police officer and it just so happens to be like the brother figure of the white character in the story so it kind of investigates the idea of policing uh in communities and that connects for example to the community in which i work in the bronx for sure and a few other titles mexican white boy by matt de la pena bodega dreams by ernesto quinones Yaki Delgado wants to kick your ass by Meg Medina. Uh, it's a little edgy, and I think sometimes 
but also very culturally relevant. I think sometimes a little bit of controversy and edginess is good to spur discussion in the classroom. It definitely gets back to that idea of ask, ask students. It's that I have to ask around and I have to do a bit of my own research. Exactly. If you're creating instruction that is authentic and legitimately connected to the questions that students are asking and the directions that students want to take their learning, you're not going to find things like that ready-made online. You need to kick your butt in gear a little bit and do a little bit of work. That's not to say that there aren't programs that are great for performance tasks. I tend to think that the best programs are those that empower students to create. For example, GarageBand, iMovie, there's a website online, Powtoon, where you can create like cartoon uh, videos. I think that it's not always the text that matters too, but the conversations in class that you have with the text is what you do with the text. So that being said, I think it's hard to replace a really excellent novel or piece of fiction, whether it be literary or kind of a YA novel that allows you to have juicy conversations about like social justice issues in the classroom. So it's not always just about the text, but what you do with it in class. We're in an era of fake news, questionable sources, and it's might be tempting to sort of set students loose onto the internet, or it might not be tempting to set them loose. How do you give students the guidance what's real, what's not in this vast sea of digital media that we confront now? For this one, I'm going to shout out a fellow Twitter colleague, Todd Finley, uh, because he created a great resource on how to teach kids to spot fake news. And maybe I'll send it to you at a link in the podcast notes. But um, Todd Finley, he basically has seven rules. The first rule is be suspicious of news stories when their titles are in all caps. (laughs) Number two, don't click on websites that end in LO or com.co. Number three, check for the possibility of hoaxes on Snopes or factcheck.org. Snopes is actually a really good source for uh, if you want to kind of fact check a news story. Number four, no specific news outlets that are shams and certain uh, media outlets that just are completely unreliable. Number five, locate the source of a photo with Google's reverse search engine. So you can, if they're uploading photos, figure out who actually published that photo in the first place. Number six, assess the credentials of the author, which is always important. And then seven, if an article cites studies, to make sure then you go and look up those specific studies and see if those hold weight and if they're credible. More of this stuff can be found actually at Todd Finley's website. It's T-O-D-D-Finley, F-I-N-L-E-Y.com. And on Twitter, he's at Finley T. I am certainly guilty of clicking on the first link I see. I'll search something, I'll Google something, and then I will just kind of go for it. Right. But we can't really do that anymore. And what you're describing really is this phrase that we've heard a lot recently, especially on this podcast, this generation needs to learn how to drive the internet. 
Mm-hmm. We had a get we had a guest on who was talking about uh, you know you don't assume people know how to drive you're not going to just put them in a car and take them off and we always assume oh these students are digital natives everyone knows everything about that they need to know but of course it's not true at all right what turning that around what do the educators need to know we aim a lot at oh this generation needs to know how do you drive the internet but what is in your view professional development looking like? What would be the ideal atmosphere, topics, ideas for that? If I were to run a PD about talking about reliable resources, or also just to add on to what you're saying, there's so much like paid advertising out there that can look legitimate and like an actual source. But like at the top of a Google search, you see the little ad icon in front of it. I've, I mean, I've fallen for that a bunch of times. I think if I were to organize a PD on driving the internet, finding reliable sources. I think what I would do for students and adults would be I would provide them with a number of different news articles and sources and see if either students or adults could figure out which ones were legitimate and which ones should be debunked. And then from there kind of infer different strategies that they can use when doing responsible research. So sometimes instead of giving my students a list of rules or look fors, I might also just throw them kind of in the trenches and see if they can work together, collaborate, maybe gamify the activity a little bit so that they can figure out which ones, you know, should be debunked and which ones are reliable. Is there anything else that we should ask you about that you're excited about teaching uh, this year coming up or would like to share with our audience? One thing that's been really successful with my students over the past couple of years has been I've used GarageBand to make audiobook versions of some of our short stories and then throw in different sound effects and things that kind of enrich the student's reading experience. They listen to me speaking it, and then they're reading along with the text. And what I do is I upload it onto YouTube so that my students can access it from home. And that's been a really easy, effective way for me to flip learning a little bit and get my students reading more at home, but still with adult support. So for example, on a Monday or Tuesday, I might provide students with a short story, or maybe they can choose from a list of short stories. And when they take the physical copy home, they can go on to YouTube or there are other resources like TeacherTube that you can upload it on if you can't get YouTube on your school's computer. And then at home, students can listen to you reading along with them. And it's almost as if they're getting more class time because I know the short, you know, short class periods are always a struggle for a lot of teachers. Furthermore, my students can also have conversations and share their thinking and reflections about the story in the YouTube comments box. And these aren't things I needed to show my students already. They already have that prior knowledge. They are on YouTube all the time. So just a little shout out to a strategy that might really help teachers in their practice this year, which I'm definitely looking forward to continuing this year. Hey, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Lee, as always, it's a pleasure. Great questions, and thank you so much for having me. This has been the EdTech Now podcast sponsored by StackUp. 
the only tool that unlocks the learning benefits of the entire web while providing the accountability educators need to measure progress and engagement. With StackUp, you can measure and report online reading and learning for your entire district in less than two minutes. Go to stackup.net. I'm Lee Schneider. Thanks for listening.